0: The Jets are in Seattle this weekend for a game against the Seahawks. If they win, their playoff hopes remain alive. If they lose, their playoff hopes are over. It's a huge game, and we will break it down today on the Locked On Jets podcast.
1: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Friday, December thirtieth, twenty twenty-two, and I'm your host, John B. from Gangreenation.com. Thanking you for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. This podcast is free, and it's available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button where you are watching or listening, so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source and enjoy the show, please give it a five star review. And if you're list- if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And the Jets are in Seattle this weekend for a game against the Seahawks. Kickoff time is scheduled for 4.05 Eastern on Sunday, 1.05 for those of us on the West Coast. You know, if you're an East Coaster like me who happens to be on the West Coast this week, the game's at a normal time. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff, and it is a huge game for the New York Jets. And before we get into the game, I'd just like to take a moment to reflect on the fact that the Jets are playing a meaningful Week 17 game this season. And I think before the start of the twenty twenty two regular season, if you had asked anybody, "Would you take a meaningful week seventeen game?" I think we all would have answered yes." So on some level, you know, no matter what happens, the Jets have made some progress, but the Jets have got to start winning some games here, And I've been saying this for weeks. The Jets are now on a four game losing streak. They are not finishing the season the way you want to finish the season. You want your team to get better as the season progresses. you want you want to feel like your team is improving. And the Jets have been regressing. And fortunately for them, there are lots of other teams that have been regressing in the AFC playoff race as well. You know, the, their two biggest competitors are both on losing streaks as well. Patriots have lost two in a row. Dolphins have lost four in a row. And it's left them in a situation which I was not expecting. I, again, I was expecting the Jets would need 10 wins to make the playoffs. Nine probably does it for them. But most of, they do need to get a little bit of help this weekend. But the most important help they can use is helping themselves by getting this thing back on track. If the Jets win, they're still alive. You know, they will enter week 18 with a chance to make the playoffs. And this would be the first time since 2015 that's been true. They'll have a chance to finish the season with a winning record, whether or not they get the help they need. Again, for the first time since 2015, that would be true. And they still do have a shot to make the playoffs for the first time since 2010. There's so much on the line these next two weeks for the Jets franchise, for Robert Sala, for Joe Douglas, for Mike White. I don't think anybody, at least in the front office or coaching staff, job really should be on the line. You, know, you can make an argument, maybe Mike LaFleur, yeah, I could buy that. But I don't think the Jets should be making a change at coach, I, You know, even if they lose out. I don't think they should be making a change at GM, even if they lose out. It's not so much about accountability. You know, people say, whenever I say something like that, you say, I get the response, what, you don't want people to be held accountable? Well, accountability doesn't necessarily mean you fire people at every negative turn. What it means is, you know, it's a knock against them. It's a huge point against Robert Sala, to a lesser extent, but also true of Joe Douglas. You know, Sala manages the day-to-day, so a collapse would be on him. And it certainly would impact his job security, as we talk about 2023-2024. On the other hand, if the Jets are able to stabilize this thing and make the playoffs, I maintain that I think that this could be a major step forward for the franchise. You don't go from winning uh, four games to winning a championship. There are some intermediate steps along the way, and one of the most important ones is making the playoffs. It's one of the most important steps you can take I think it would be really important, I think it would be really key for young guys on this team to, first of all, learn how to win big games, but also experience a playoff atmosphere. And beyond that, I think that there sometimes are these narratives that can get into your head as a franchise. You know, if you're a team, you know, if you collapse in December, it's, it's just a different feeling. You, know, you don't leave the season feeling like you're as good as you might if you made the playoffs. And sometimes, you know, again, media narratives can, can step in, this is a team that can't get over the hump. You want to just avoid that at the very start, because that those are the types of things that can build momentum, and I do feel like they can actually impact your team. You know, at some point, the noise becomes so loud that you inevitably hear about it. Now, unfortunately for the Jets, they have to go all the way out to Seattle and face the Seahawks team that's going to be much tougher than they looked like they'd be at the beginning of the season. And I I can't help but laughing. I can't help but laugh, because when the schedule came out, and I am the ultimate guy who says the schedule coming out is the most overhyped day of the year. And that, the reason for that is you never really know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. I mean, when the schedule came out, everybody thought Green Bay was an absolute lock to win the NFC North. How's that worked out? You know, when the schedule came out, nobody thought Jacksonville was going to be a team that would be competing for the AFC South division title. You know, how's that worked out? I could go on and on and on. There are things that surprise the pundits every single year there are things that you know, aren't expected. Injuries a game football's a game of injuries. Sometimes a team suffers a key injury and it dramatically alters its season. So you, they're just things you can't predict in the NFL. No matter how badly people want to pretend that you can. And when the schedule comes out you don't really know who the tough games are, and you don't really know who the easy games are. I bet you when the schedule came out, Denver looked at the Jets and you know back in October and said, that'll be an easy game. We got Russell Wilson. Jets don't have, you know, Jets aren't that good. Sometimes surprising things happen. But despite my warnings for that, the one thing I said on that show was, well, we know Seattle's going to be a pretty easy game, and it's really not. It's a tough opponent, and part of it's been our old friend Gino Smith, who's Played better than almost anybody thought he could you know I know there were still I know there were a few Gino believ- believers out there and I gotta tip my cap to you because I really did not see this coming from Gino I, I really was very down on Gino during his time with the Jets and you know the, the whole Gino experience the last couple of years along with some other things it really kind of reshaped my views on young quarterbacks and how you have to support them because this has been an amazing season for Gino Smith, even though he's, you know, he's not playing as well as he did at the beginning of the season. But he's still far exceeding expectations, almost anybody's expectations. And you know, it's made me rethink, about, rethink a lot about the quarterback position. Seattle's always a difficult outdoor venue to play at, too. Uh, you know, if you talk to people in the NFL, generally they'll tell you, you know, the domes are the toughest ones because as far as noise goes, because they trap the noise in. But we're talking outdoor road venues. You know, a lot of people say that the three loudest are Kansas City, Denver, and Seattle. So a tough road venue. Always tough at this point of the year when everybody's banged up to have to travel to the West Coast. Although, you know, the Jets aren't flying coach. Jets have a decent trip out there. But it's a, you know, it's a tough trip. And The toughest part of this is that Seattle's way better than anybody thought they'd be, and part of it's Geno, part of it's, you know, they just have guys who have stepped up this year. The good for the Jets is that, unlike the last two weeks, where they've been playing relatively surprising teams in Detroit and Jacksonville, teams that, like the Jets, are some of the biggest pleasant surprises of the season, those teams entered the games playing well. Detroit was on fire. Jacksonville was playing really well. Jacksonville, you know, now looking like they're probably going to win the AFC South. The Jets are facing a struggling Seattle team. A team that's kind of been a a, a mirror image of the Jets this season, where they've, you know, they started out hot, they've gotten unexpected play from a quarterback most people dismissed as a backup, although, you know, Jets have only gotten three games out of Mike White, whereas Seattle's gotten a full season out of Geno Smith. You know, so the positive is that just as the Jets are struggling, Seattle's also struggling. The negative is that Seattle's a tough team, and this is going to be, you know, two two struggling teams, and the way the Jets are playing right now, they can't take anything for granted, especially going on the road, especially, you know, the way they're playing. Yeah, especially, even with Seattle playing poorly, it's not like the Jets are on fire. If the Jets were playing well, you'd feel really good about this game. So, lots on the line for the Jets this weekend. As we continue on the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday, we will discuss some of the Key players I'll be watching on Sunday as the Jets take on Seattle on the West Coast. It will be a New Year's Day game with huge implications for this team, and we'll talk about it more as we continue this Friday game preview. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI, and if you think law enforcement officers cannot tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember. Drive high get a DUI paid for by NHTSA. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream can come true and the game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You are responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this comes in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And Locked On Jets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON in all caps, one word, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listener-first watch every day. This podcast is free and it's available on all platforms, including YouTube. Jets are in Seattle this weekend. It is a 4.05 Eastern, 105 Pacific kickoff. Huge game for the Jets. Huge playoff implications for this team, and they are getting their quarterback returning to the lineup. It is Mike White who was cleared on Monday. So for a quarterback, you've got to be cleared by Wednesday because the way the team typically prepares for the game is Tuesday is the day on most teams. There are a few exceptions, but for, for the most part, and as I understand it, the Jets are you know the norm. Tuesday is the game where the coaches prepare the game plan. And you know, when you prepare the game plan, essentially, you're picking out which plays you're going to run. You know, a playbook can have like a thousand plays in it, and you're picking—I don't know—thirty, forty, fifty that are going to be part of your that are going to be part of this game. On Wednesday and Thursday, and then to a lesser extent Friday, that's when the game plan begins getting installed. So those are you know, thats when you practice the plays that you that the coaches picked out on Tuesday. So for these reasons, you know, usually when a team names a starting quarterback, it happens on Wednesday or before. Because it kind of has to. you know. If you're preparing for this game, you've got to figure this stuff out during the week. The Jets announced White's return to the lineup on Monday, and you know it was a no-brainer. Zach Wilson, when he returned to the lineup two weeks ago against Detroit, replacing an injured White, really had every opportunity to earn the starting job back. If Zach Wilson had gone out there and played great, he, it would have been his team going forward. And I think that the Jets would have been very happy about that, because the Jets obviously... Invested a lot in Zach Wilson, but especially what based on what happened Thursday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think the Jets had a choice. I think it was pretty clear that if White was healthy, he had to go into the lineup. If he wasn't healthy, I don't even know what you would have done. You know, would you have put Flacco into the lineup? Maybe you'd even go with Strupper, even though he can't really throw that well, just because you know, you know the 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 other options are so uninspiring. Well, Mike White is ready to get back into the lineup for the Jets. We'll see how he does. You know, I, I don't want to put Mike White into the Hall of Fame just yet. I'm not even sure Mike White's going to be the starter past these next two games. I think what's clear is White should get these next two games. You know, no matter what happens against Seattle, Mike White's got to start next week against Miami. And then you see what happens from there. Hopefully you got a playoff game to prepare for after the Miami game. And then you look to the offseason and you, you figure out what the best option is. Maybe it's White. Maybe it's somebody else. But for now, I, I don't think there's any question Mike White's the, the best quarterback for the Jets. If you look at the way this offense is produced this year under Mike White, there's a tangible difference from what is done under Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. Flacco actually doesn't have terrible numbers, but most of his production has come against you know, teams that were protecting big leads in the second half of games. So there was lots of you know, stat padding against pre defenses. And that's even true in the Cleveland game, because he hit that long touchdown pass to Corey Davis where the Browns busted a coverage And at that point, you know, even though it ended up being important, it really did not feel like that big of a deal at the time because the Jets had to recover an onside kick and then go down the field. So I think it's pretty clear White's the best quarterback on the team. If you look at the offense's production under White, it's been a credible offense. It's not been, you know, Kansas City. It's not been one of the great offenses in the league. But I looked at the numbers. You know, they're around middle of the pack with Mike White in there. And I don't know what it is. It just feels like the offense has more life to it when Mike White is under center. Uh, even the run games, he feels like it's better. The run games really regressed the last two weeks. And you know, I think there's probably something to the idea that other teams haven't had to respect the pass. I think there's also something to the idea where I, I don't know what it is. It just feels like everybody's got more more energy when, when White's in the lineup. And the Jets are clearly a, a more dynamic team on offense with White in the lineup. And part of it's, I think... He knows where to get the ball. And I think everybody knows, you know, it's true, the receiver position. If you do your job with Mike White at quarterback, you're going to get the ball in a way maybe you're not with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's back there. We know, you know, we've talked about how he can struggle to make reads. He can struggle to scan the field. He can struggle to figure out what the defense is doing. And he struggled. It really feels like he's, even in year two, still in some ways struggling with the playbook. I I, I watch some plays and it just feels like Zach isn't really sure where the ball's supposed to go. And I think sometimes he messes up his reads. With uh, I mean, there are moments every passing play in the modern NFL is supposed to match the quarterback's footwork with the routes being run. So when the quarterback's at the top of his drop, that's typically where you know your first option should be breaking open. And it feels like you have know, some there plays where Zach's at the top of his drop. And the receiver still like a, a second or two from making his break. So White in the lineup gives the Jets more of a shot. It gives the offense more life. And he's going up against the Seattle defense that, you know, is not that great. And has kind of struggled of late. So I think that there are some real opportunities in this game for the Jets. And I think looking back, you know, last week, I think everybody was down. I was very down on the Jets after that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well part of it was that I wasn't necessarily expecting White to return to the lineup. I thought, you know, the Jets would have to figure it out with this patchwork quarterback situation over the final two games. And I just really was not sure how they'd be able to fig- how they'd be able to do it. It did not seem like a situation that was very conducive to the Jets winning games. So with White back in the lineup, I think again, I think it's gonna make everybody better. And I look at I mentioned this yesterday when I did the crossover with Corbin Brown of Locked On Seahawks. I have my, my eye on is Elijah Moore, because Moore has been very good with White as his quarterback. In fact, you know, if you look at the numbers, Moore's pretty much on like a thousand yard pace If you, over his two seasons. If you look at the games where his quarterback has been somebody other than Zach Wilson, for whatever reason, the chemistry has just never developed between Moore and Zach Wilson. And I think both of them have to take a little bit of blame for that. I think, you know, early in the season when Moore was a guy who was generating negative headlines, probably too much went on him. Now when Zach's down, probably too much going is going on Zach. It just doesn't feel like the chemistry was ever there. The chemistry there is, is there now, however. Moore going up, and Moore's going up against a rookie, Kobe Bryant, who was Sauce Gardner's uh, college teammate. So, uh, Kobe Bryant was actually kind of Sauce Gardner's sidekick at the corner position on last year's great Cincinnati team. So Elijah Moore is a guy I have my eye on in this one, with White back under center. Another guy I have my eye on is Bam Knight, who really hasn't done much the last two weeks, but... You know, again, I'm, this is just a theory. It could very well be wrong. But I think that you know, with White back under center, it is going to be easier for the Jets to run the football because the threat of the pass is back on the table. And the thing about Knight is it's not just like he was getting yards that were blocked for him. He was making things happen. He was creating his own yardage uh, on a lot of these plays. So I, I think there's an ability there. And I think there's a, a chance to run the ball effectively against the Seattle defense, even though we know the Jets are not a great run-blocking offensive line. So I think there's are the real opportunities for the Jets to do some good things on offense in this game. And listen, we know the defense. We know the defense has been very good for most of the season. As we continue this Friday game recap, we'll talk about what the Jets need to do on the other side of the ball in order to come out with a victory against the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday in Seattle. Or better, you know that the news that Mike White was returning to the lineup this week moved the line about three points. It took Seattle from being favored into the Jets becoming a road favorite. You should, know this, you should also know that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. You can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. So we're not just talking pro football, although they have a lot for pro football. We're also talking college bowl season. We're talking basketball. We're talking hockey. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. We're talking Jets Seahawks. There's another game that should have the attention of Jets fans this Sunday. And it is the game between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. That has major implications for the Jets. Only if they win. If the Jets lose, they're done. But if the Jets win this Sunday, they will be alive heading into Week 18. If Miami beats New England this weekend and the Jets win, the Jets control their own destiny heading to that Week 18 game. So Jets fans should be rooting for Miami. And you may wonder, well, wait, why is that? Because you look at the standings right now, Miami's ahead of the Jets. New England's tied. So you may say, shouldn't the Jets be rooting for Miami to lose since they're behind Miami and tied with New England? And the answer is no. And here's why. The Jets cannot be tied with New England at the end of the season because the Jets were swept by the Patriots. So the Patriots hold the tiebreaker. So the Jets have to be ahead of New England. So Miami beating New England and the Jets winning would put the Jets ahead of New England. They would no longer be in a tie where New England holds the tiebreaker. In that that situation where both Miami and the Jets win, Miami then enters week 18 one game ahead of the Jets. However, the Jets play Miami. So if the Jets beat Miami Week 18 under this scenario, the two teams are tied. The Jets will have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dolphins, though, because they will have beaten them twice. So Jets need Miami to, uh, Jets need Miami to win this weekend. It's one of those weird scenarios where, first of all, you're rooting for a division rival, a bitter division rival in Miami. Now, it makes it a little easier because they're playing another bit, bitter division rival in New England. But it's a weird scenario because the Jets are rooting for Miami one week, and then they want to beat them the next week. Of course, for the Jets to win this game, and that's the most important thing for Sunday, because the Jets, again, will be alive Week 18 if they take care of business this Sunday, the most important thing for them is on the defensive side of the ball. This has been a team that's been carried by its defense all year long. Even if the defense hasn't been playing as well of late, it's still it's still the dominant unit on this football team. And you look at this matchup, I mean, I kind of like this matchup for the Jets. I think there are some holes on the Seattle offensive line to exploit I think Quentin Williams could be primed to have a big game. I mean, Quentin Williams announced his return to the lineup last week by having a strip sack on the first series. I was a little worried about him going out there. I hope, I was hoping he wasn't playing hurt, especially coming back on a short week. It looked it looked like Quinton Williams to me. You know, this Jets defense, it's difficult to evaluate, you know, it's difficult to preview a game because as much as any defense in the league, and this is Robert Sala really Showing his influence from Seahawks coach Pete Carroll because Sala was a young assistant, you know, early in his career under Pete Carroll. Jets just kind of do what they do on the defensive side of the ball. They roll their guys out there. You know, they, there's not a lot of the deception. There is some. You know, this isn't. We're past the point where a team can do something a hundred percent of the time in this league. But for the most part, the Jets just kind of do what they do on defense. They're they're not really worried about matchups. They very rarely make adjustments from game to game. They just have faith in their players and. When You're getting these kind of results. Why would you not? You know, there's always a complaint when the you know, scheme is deemed too simple because the other team can exploit it. Well, if it's simple, it's easy for the defense, it's easy for the players on your team to execute it as well. And when you got talent, when you got you know, talent like Quinn and Williams, talent like a Sauce Gardner or a DJ Reed, talent like a John Franklin Myers, you know, make things simple on them, just tell them go play. Uh, you know, I mentioned yesterday, the one matchup that scares me a little bit is DK Metcalf against DJ Reed. Uh, and even though DJ Reed is not, he, he might be undersized on paper. He might be undersized by the measurements. He plays bigger. DK Metcalf is just enormous. And that might be a situation I wonder where this might be one of the rare exceptions that gets the Jets to adjust. Maybe you have Sauce Gardner follow DJ uh, follow DK Metcalf around just because Sauce has that length that makes him, probably makes him a better matchup with DK. But, you know, you look at this, this Seattle team, it's not been playing as well on offense lately. And it's been, you know, and they're a little banged up. They Seattle may get Tyler Lockett back for this game. He was on the injury report. He returned to practice on Thursday. So, you know, he very well could be back in the lineup. But you look at this Seattle, but he could be injured. You know, he may not be 100. He's probably not going to be 100% even if he gets back into the lineup. This is a Seattle offense where they have a bunch of guys who are, you know, even Kenneth Walker, their great rookie running back, who, even if they play, are on the injury, re- injury report and are a little banged up, whereas the Jets have been gotten a pretty clean injury report this week. So injuries could come into play. You know, I have faith in this Jets defense right now. You know, they, I don't think they played a great game last week, but I, I still think that on, you know, on a week-to-week basis, these guys are very good. These these are guys you can count on. And they're going up against the Seattle offense that just has not been as good in recent weeks. You know The Jets caught Detroit at the wrong time. The Jets caught Jacksonville at the wrong time they may be catching Seattle at the right time. Now, you can say the, flip, the reverse is true. You could also say that Seattle's catching the Jets at the right time. But, you know, you'd rather play a team that's not playing well down the stretch than a team that's playing well. And the way the Jets' defense is playing, the way that the Seahawks' offense is playing, you at least have to enter this game, I think, with some degree of optimism. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help the channel out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a very good weekend. Hope you have a very happy new year. Please stay safe, and we will be back after the game between the Jets and the Seahawks to break it all down. Will the Jets stay alive? We will find out Sunday in Seattle.
1: Hey, Prime members.